Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, and my patrons, my rebels with the cause. Uh, thank you, rebels, for paying for something that uh, a lot of people just take for free. But you water the garden. You sustain it uh, yeah, so it can bear fruit, really, or vegetables, of course, or leaves, which is probably because it could bear leaves because they say, well, man, those leaves are really uh, they're for good for landing. They're good for eating for the most part. Roughage, uh, you know, uh, make it waving in the wind. Yeah, so thanks. Uh, you know, fruit and vegetables get, you know, our leaves of... Uh, they're leafy greens more. So thanks, patrons. Uh, thanks so much, and uh, let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed Turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to, to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, you know, things that you know, things on your mind, uh, things you're feeling, things coming up. Uh, it could be on the road. Someone else is on the road. A uh, temperature. Whatever it is, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, rustified tangents, uh, friendly banter, extra words. If you're new, let me give you, usually like a, a... I go off topic for a few more minutes, but let me give you a couple things right up front. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. And I appreciate your time, and that's why I want to, get to tell you these things. One, give this podcast a few tries, but when you do, you know, you can consume it however you wish, but don't try to figure it out uh, too much because, uh, you see, just kick back and passively kind of observe it. Kind of like watching a fish in a fish tank. It would be the best way to describe it. You don't really, you, I mean, there's not too many times you're focused. They don't say, hold on, I'm focused on the fish tank. They say, we got uh, the, the lotteries on the other line, uh, Bob. Well, hold on, I'm, I'm I'm focused on the fish tank right now. I can't, uh, I'm paying strict attention to these fish in this fish tank. And they say, well, it's about the lottery. They need to hear from you in the next four seconds. Sorry, I'm focused on the fish tank. Didn't you hear me the first time I said it? Uh and then they say, okay, we got the, uh, we got the, uh, whatever, national greatest award winners award ever uh, for award giving on the line. Well, no, I'm still watching the fish here. I'm focused on the fish tank. There's a, there's a, uh, whatever you call that, a, uh, a treasure chest that opens every once in a while with bubbles. And they say, Bob, that fish tank's been in our home for eight years. Uh, okay, let me get, I got to get back to the, 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 uh, the, the treasure chest. Because when it opens, then it closes again, and I'm trying to figure out what's in there. So d- d- you can't, like, I guess uh, that would be an interesting th- way to consume podcasts or fish tanks. And there is something soothing uh, sometimes about fish tanks. You know, everybody has might have a different, but you, where you just kind of, you notice. Every once in a while, you'll look at the fish, you'll say, I mean, one, you say, 
is the fish going to the number, you know, are you going to the bathroom? Then you say, okay, I'm not going to look at the fish tank ever again. Inevitably you do. When you're feeding the fish, you, you usually give it attention. When you're like, uh, when you're in a certain age range, I'd say second grade to fifth or sixth grade, and you go over to somebody's house and they have a fish tank, you usually look in. Some people are tappers. Some people are not tappers. Maybe I'll come back to this fish tank metaphor. But so don't try, like, just kind of kick back and, and watch me like I'm a fish wandering around because it's pretty much what I am. And they say, you know, just like in the, those Pixar movies, they say, ooh, going around again. Uh, so, okay, so that's one thing. Just try, uh, don't focus too much. I'm here to help. Uh, and it's a big difference. It's pretty goofy. And it doesn't have to work. There's no pressure. There's no pressure on you to fall asleep. That's one thing. You can just kind of kick back and I'm going to keep you company and we'll see how it goes. But give it a few tries. It doesn't work for everybody. But really, in all honesty, I'm here to help if I can. Okay, so that's one thing. Uh, okay, here's another thing. You don't need to listen to me. Uh, like most podcasts, I guess I kind of said that you say, you know, a lot of other pets, they say, well, you're going to pet that pet? Or even, you know, say, well, are you going to watch? Or the pets say, hey, hey, give me some attention over here. Or a cat, it's more different. You say, the cat says, well, I'm not, I don't want your attention. But now I do. If you're not going to get, you know, it's more complicated. But a fish, I don't even know. The fish kind of says, is that person going to give me some food or what? No, I'll just keep wandering around then. And some fish, you know, every fish is different. Again, I don't want to throw all the fish in one tank. Uh, so, um, you know, no pressure to listen, no pressure to fall asleep, structure the show. Show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the podcast free and going twice a week. Uh, new shows come out Sunday and Wednesday nights. Uh, so it's in the show starts off with a few minutes of business. Then an intro, the intros are around 12 minutes or so of me using a metaphor like a fish tank to describe how the podcast works for 12 minutes. Also, put some people to sleep during the intro. Some people get ready for bed. Uh, some people use it as part of their wind-down routine, uh, you know, brushing their teeth and such. Some people listen during the day when they need a little break or a breather. Uh, whatever it is, you see, like, uh, but the intro, it, it's not uh, efficient, I guess I would say. Some podcast intros are very efficient. You know, welcome to the Newsy Newscast, uh, where we talk about the latest news related to the musical newsy and the newsy fan community uh let's get started uh breaking news about newsies uh, scoots doesn't know very much about it other than i like it when they sing and the the, the the trolley and california adventure also not even sure if that's related to newsies uh here's a here's an idea uh what if you if you have two if you're getting a fish tank uh name your fish nosy and newsy but you know, in, not in an ironic way. Which say they say, "Oh, is that about the current?" No, no, it's about Newsies, the musical. It's just uh, like how it's Newsy. Nothing about news or anything other than the Newsies musical. That's why my fish is named Newsy. Oh, I didn't know you were a fan of the Newsy the musical. No, I'm working on my own musical called Snoozy. Uh, it's uh, actually it doesn't have any music in it. It's a sleep podcast. Yeah, and that's just an accidental pun I came across when I said Newsies 55 times in a row. 
that I should have a musical called Snoozy. Uh, you know, I'd definitely ask uh, Swoozy Kurtz to uh, appear in it. So anyway, we'll say, I don't know what I was saying. Oh, the intros can be long and rambling, and they don't make a lot of sense. Uh, but they're here to help. They're here to take your mind off stuff, to take the stress off of bedtime, and to keep you company. And that's what the kind of show does. So there's a, the intro, then there's a story. Tonight, it'll be a, a little bit of a personal connection. It'll be a little bit, a little, it's going to be mostly about the 1950s revival uh, that happened in the 70s into in the cusp of the 80s and some of my personal relationships with some of the pop culture at that time, particularly Shana Na. And maybe, like a, to be honest, it'll be a little bit of a healing journey. I think I'll bring my friend, uh, my imaginary friend Bill along with me. Uh, so that'll be tonight's bedtime story. And it'll be lulling and soothing and, you know, you say... Who's in, and for some of you, you could sleep through it because you say, I'm not familiar with any of those things. I say, well, you could look in the show notes or listen during the day or just Google it. Uh, so that'll be what we're talking about. Then we'll have in between the intro and the day in the show, we have some business. And at the end of the show, uh, we have some thank yous. Uh, so what was I saying though? So, so I guess like the whole idea of the show is that it's like a little bit of a fish tank. Uh, because I think like a fish, the podcast is supposed to take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake. It's supposed to be a distraction in a friendly presence uh, to keep you company, uh, to make you, to be honest, like uh, to to make things less lonely and less serious at bedtime. And I could see this as a parental strategy and it's pure projection because my parents did not use this strategy. But uh, like uh, you say, okay, well, oh, you want a puppy. Well, how about a fish? Like a little distract. You want a cat? Mm, seems like a big commitment. How about a fish? Uh, in the hopes, I would imagine, that the fish would distract you from the. They say, okay, well, you're getting a pet, and, and maybe it's a good testing ground to say, well, can you can you care for this pet? That kind of comes in a self-contained own environment. You know, that does involve some maintenance. So I've heard. I, I, don't, I don't think I've owned any. Is an adult. As kids, we had fish on and off. Yeah, but uh, so, what was my point? I remember setting a few fish for free, uh, but uh, like good goldfish free. But so, um, yeah, they say, well, let's get the get the kid a fish, get Junior a fish, and maybe that'll take their mind off of stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there is a, a percentage of people, and that's a wonderful thing, that are fish enthusiasts. Because you hear about saltwater tanks and, you know, the, all that kind of stuff. And they say, you, you maybe as a child you develop, you inherit your parents or relatives' passion uh, for fish. I don't know what you call it. Like, I know a fishmonger is someone that sells fish. And a fisher person is someone that fishes for fish. And... Uh, that's like, so I don't know what a fish, fish enthusiast is called a fish fan. I guess it would be a fish fan. I like the band fish, but that's a different thing. But so you'd say, okay, well, I, or maybe just as a kid, you say, well, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, well, you say, well, I'd like a, uh, I'd like, you know, I'd like this or I'd like that. I'd like some games or, you know, something I could use my imagination with, or maybe so, you know, an art pad, 
Maybe I want something that makes, you know, bells, that has bells and whistles on it and some tinsel, like not tinsel, but uh, I always wanted something with those ribbons. Uh, I don't know what they're called, tassels. I'd like something with tassels. Uh, they'd say, tassels? They'd say, yeah, that's what I'd like, T- tassels and ribbons, please. Uh, yeah, but maybe some children say, you know what I've always wanted is a fish, a fish of my own. Okay, that'll be in the musical. That's a definitely easy number in the, the snoozical. Would I say it was going to be called the snoozical starring Swoozy Kurtz, uh, a fish of my own? That'll start when she plays a little Andy in her room. And yeah, I think this could be to talk about the change in subjects, but I could see it. Uh, Swoozy Kurtz, uh, she's playing the great sleep podcaster, Swoozina. And she's talking about the days when she was a little Andy in her room. And that uh, she would this for her first, that would be her first, no, I mean, there'd be a number first. Uh, because I think that usually there's like two songs. And then she would say that would be what she needed. It, it was, this would also set up a metaphor for the rest of the musical. And it would be, the song would be A Fish of My Own. Maybe it's already in one of the musicals. It could be. Uh, so it'd be like maybe that she's gone somewhere and seen someone else that has fish and she want, just wants a fish of her own. And it could also like, do, do, then it would also, we could use it for exposition for the parents because one of the parents would be like, don't you want some sea monkeys? Don't you want some sea monkeys? And, or maybe a sibling says that and then they say, those are just fake. Uh, so... Anyway, back to the podcast. Uh, so the whole idea of the podcast uh, is to keep you company. Like you say, well, yeah, you got that fish in your room, Swoosie. And she says, actually, I'm the actress. I'm playing a role. I'm not a, you know, don't get super meta where you're talking to me. Talk to Andy. They say, okay, well, we know you wanted a puppy and a cat, but we got you this fish. And she's also said, this is the wrong musical because this one I'm asking for a fish. I say, you know what, believe it or not, Swoozy, uh, you're going to have to excuse me. I'm in the middle of a sleep podcast introduction. Uh, not the imaginary musical I never wrote about uh, that you're starring in within my imagination. And also, how come I can't get tickets to a music? Like, it's easier to get tickets to Hamilton than to get this tickets to this musical, the Swoozical. A snoozical, swoozical, that's the, that's the industry name for it, Swoozy, because you're so great in it. it that, was what, uh, that was what a review I was going to write was, uh, you'll swoon for Swoozy in the swoozical. Uh, that's not a snoozical. Uh, and soon you'll be asking, who's the whoozical? Uh, when you get served from the uh, Seuss estate, you know, the Seuss estate, they say we can't do any use any of those. Anyway, if you're a new listener, sorry, Swoozy, uh, 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 let me get you coffee. Also, do you, are you, would you like a fish? Uh, oh, that's why you're saying, okay, here you go. There you go. Fish of your own. Okay, I think I got out of that one. So if you're new, if I guess a little bit different, a little bit goofy, a little bit silly, here to keep you company, here to be your friend. I've been there in the deep, dark night, tossing and turning. And if I can, I'd like to distract you. To make bedtime feel a little bit less serious. And I'll be here for an hour. So you drift off when you you do. And if you don't, I'll be here till the very end. You can queue up in another episode too. Uh, and I'll be your companion here. And I say this every time because I mean it. I appreciate your time. 
and I work very hard. I yearn and I strive. I'd really love it if I could help you fall asleep. Uh, and uh, here's a couple of ways we keep the show going. Uh, hey, buddy, it's uh, time for this episode will be a little bit different. If, if, you've, uh, if you've been here a while, we've done a couple similar to this. But it never like this. Like some some things have came up and might you know trickled up, bubbled up. And in all honesty, I said eh, that's not a podcast episode. And these topics, I said, hey, come explore me, come look into me, dig dig a little deeper. And as I, sometimes I do, I said, yes, okay, let's let's look into this. Let's dig a little deeper. And it's uh, something from my mostly from my past. Uh, and it's a pretty neutral thing for most people, I think, or for a lot of people, a positive thing. But for me, I didn't have, I, like, uh, my memory of it was unsure. And so I wanted to go there. And usually when I go into these past things, I like to bring along my friend Bill, who I just reunited with, my imaginary friend Bill. So, Bill, could you come in here? Uh, Bill, oh, Bill, are you in here? Just kidding, Bill. I, I, I know you're here. That was just imaginary friend-based humor. Wait a second, Bill. Uh, sorry. Uh, okay, sorry. I just was making sure you were sitting down. Uh, do you need a set of headphones, Bill, and a mic? And no. So I'm here with my imaginary friend, Bill, my imaginary friend from childhood, all the way back. Been a while. I know, Bill. I know it's been a while. Every time I bring Bill back on the show, I, I wonder, maybe this will be the day, though, Bill, because I could really use you. Really, I'm not kidding. Uh, oh, thanks, Bill took my hand in his hands. It's just the kind of thing an imaginary friend would do, Bill. Thanks. Uh, you know, I could really use you at the time right now, Bill. So thanks. Oh, thanks for Bill's rubbing my back. Uh, and I kind of think he's rubbing yours, too, and taking your hand in his hand. It's nice, but Bill's my childhood imaginary friend. And again, Bill's a little bit, uh, you know, uh, neutral face, not a frowny face, because you're trying to comfort me and soothe me. Thanks, Bill. But Bill is, uh, every time we reunite, which has been, I think, twice in the past uh, four years, they say, you know, Bill, this is it. We're going to spend a lot more time together. And you know, that happens with some of my real friends that I've moved away from uh, that I don't talk to. I say, okay, this is it. After this phone call, I'm going to be on top of it in regular touch. Uh, so much better about it. And, and I don't, but Bill, you know, I guess I don't have that excuse with you. And maybe, you know, maybe I just need the extra, maybe I just need to remind myself that you're here to soothe me, it, to be at my side. Oh, to play with, too. Bill wanted me to say, uh, not just to comfort, but to play with. Uh, to play with, to imagine with, to look at clouds with, right, Bill? Yep, oh, yeah. That's good stuff, huh? Uh, to lie and listen to sounds. Oh, yeah, those are good times. Well, Bill, you're, you don't have the pleasure of the uh, Sleep With Me listener who knows the title of the episode. And actually, I don't even know the title. I'm only guessing at the time. But a couple of things have come up, and I guess in the is I don't know if my mind has its own zeitgeist, Bill. Like, yeah, no, you wouldn't be you you you'd be on it today. New and newest new in the zeitgeist, now trending. Uh, ideally, for this day forward, uh, my best friendship with my imaginary friend Bill. Yeah, we did do we did. Shane and I did a lot of work with you, Bill. 
uh, but uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know that was that was work. It wasn't connection, but uh, okay, I'm I'm here. I'm back here with you, Bill. And where was I? I was saying. I guess. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get let's get it all out there, Bill. Sorry, I haven't kept in touch. Uh, I probably needed you. Uh, so maybe that was keeping, or maybe you just use the excuse to get busy. I got to stay. How can I, how can I be in the moment if I'm in spending the time with my imaginary best friend from the past? Is that a contradiction? I'm living more in the moment now with my imaginary friend from childhood. It does sound like it makes sense, even though it doesn't. You're right, Bill. Bill, what was I talking about earlier? I, I totally forgot. Oh, this so in the zeitgeist of my mind. Thanks, Bill. You really know how to tap someone on the knee, pat, pat someone on the knee. Thank you. So, so something's come up in the zeitgeist of my mind, Bill, the trending topics in my mind over the summer. And it finally pushed over the edge and said, come explore me. And longtime listeners of the podcast, I know we'll get into this in shades here. Then I'm, and I know there are some listeners from this era uh, but long-time listeners will know that I'm not a big fan of old music called oldies music, which would be the music of the 1950s in particular. Right, like Chantilly Lace. You're right, Bill. Uh, though I like Chantilly Lace, which I think we'll see, and I don't know if that's actually an oldies song or not. Yeah, this is where it gets missed. Yeah, yeah, I do like La Bamba, and I like the name of the Big Bopper. And, yeah, I guess it's a complicated, and, yeah, I like the Blues Brothers. I don't know if they're connected to the uh, uh, 50s, though, Bill. You're right, though. They do play into the tonight's topic, which I guess you already know. Uh, so, but I, so, yeah, it's like a strange, I have a strange relationship, a strange, strained relationship with music in the 1950s, uh, which I'm just categorizing based on my own window which is very narrow. So uh, when I say oldies, I guess they just mean the music my parents liked, and maybe that'll be the way it is for my daughter. And I said to myself, huh, this is interesting. And then recently, uh, so then, Bill, earlier this summer, and I guess for us it was the spring when we were recording episodes about the Great New York State Fair. Oh, you're right, it was June. You're right, Bill, uh, that we recorded those. And we were talking about the free concerts to the state fair, and Shana Na came up, and I knew that was like some sort of band related to 1950s music, and that there was a TV show that I may have seen as a kid, but I didn't really remember. And I remember, you know, I remember Bowser was the, he was the bass of the Basso Nova, whatever the person with the deep voice. And the tallest of the Shananas. And other than that, at the time, Bill, I didn't really remember. I said, oh, I don't know. That's too. There's something about these 1950s and things that uh, it's repelling me away. I'm noticing some sort of charge there. Right, Bill? Right. So then what happened? So I had it in my mind then. And then my daughter went and saw a local uh, version of the musical Grease. And immediately from that point forward, it insisted on singing and listening to the music of the, from the musical Grease uh, over and over again. 
And it brought me back to saying, hey, when did have I seen? I mean, I remember the music of Greece, though some of it was a surprise to me, Bill. Oh, yeah, I should explain what Greece is. You're right, Bill. And then Shanana is more for a slow reveal, though. Okay, so Greece was a musical that I believe came out in like, I don't know when it hit Broadway. I guess we could look it up, but let me just give you my impressions. I think it was a musical on Broadway. Then it was a movie. Uh, in the 70s, and it was starring John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. And it was a, a musical about that took place in the 1950s and kind of celebrated the musical genre and just the, the 50s experience. Uh, you, you, do you think I'm correct, Bill? Barely. You're right. I mean, but that's what I remember about it. I think I saw the movie Grease 2, and I'm not even kidding, like mostly... And I don't even know if Olivia... And then I did have a huge crush on Olivia Newton-John. And I also used to get Olivia Newton-John and Princess... This is might sound wild to some people, but Princess Di and Olivia Newton-John mixed up. I think just in my head, or they would remind me of each other and they one another, and they would give me that good feeling. Yeah, no, it wasn't a giant crush on Olivia Newton-John. Maybe, yeah, it just it was a very... I guess Bill... I don't know if I was I'm comfortable saying that I was just attracted to her, but I guess I'll use your words. Uh, I think it was more, but but so, but I didn't really watch the Grease musical, so my attraction didn't stem from that. Uh, and that maybe the first time I saw Grease probably wasn't when it came out. It was many years later, uh, after I'd seen Grease too. You're right. And I'm not even sure. I can remember who the lead was in Greece 2, kind of. And then I can't really remember anything else. Uh, right. And then there was the, the okay, let's let's take it one thing at a time, though, Bill. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I know you wanted to talk about The Outsiders. Another movie I did see, but, it, like, uh, afterwards. Uh, so these weren't formative movies from my childhood. But, like, I think they would have been formative repeat movies uh, or whatever of my childhood or formative experiences before I was conscious. So maybe I did see them, uh, but I don't remember it. And then I've never seen that, Bill. This is another one in these movies. This We'll go into the 1950s revival and we'll look some facts up there. But uh, oh, so I didn't see Greece. You're right, Bill. Thanks for keeping me back in track. But my daughter started to talk about it, and I was actually surprised at one of the songs, uh, which it sounded like a disco song to me, which goes, Greece is the word, have you heard or something? But it has like this disco sound to it. And I said, oh, I always thought that was just a disco sound, a song. I really had no idea it was from the movie Greece. I didn't think they were saying Greece is the word. Have you heard? I thought they were saying, like, some disco word. Uh, and I just thought it was a song like you'd be... I, when I picture disco, I picture roller skating, uh, disco dancing. And so I could picture people roller skating and disco dancing to that song. Maybe because of people with the sweet moves at Golden Gate Park that I check out sometimes. But so... Okay, so that's that, Bill. Uh, so Greece was reintroduced into my life, and... I was, I don't know what ambivalent means, but I wasn't, I was like, okay, this is a good thing. She loves Greece. 
let me try. And I'd say, okay, well, can you not sing that? And then as a parent of, like, I'd say, well, boy, that's some racy stuff. This grease. What kind of behavior is this encouraging? And then I said, I've become my parents' parents or something. What kind of well have I fallen into, Bill? And it reminded me that I have this complicated relationship with the 1950s. It wasn't burnt around in, in those eras. Uh, and I think because I was in the 80s, uh, maybe there was this strange relationship with the 80s and the 50s. Uh, but particularly the music. And so I said, okay, well, Grease feels like a, like a little bit of a parody of that music or a musical version of it. And I said, okay, I like that song. That one's not bad. Uh, so, so whatever, my daughter's been singing a lot of those songs. And so then I started to, I don't know if I, something, a third event happened, Bill. I, I, maybe you, maybe we'll remember talking about it, but then something else returned me to Shanana. And like initially before I started this investigation, Bill, into this, this trip into the past, here's what I remember about Shanana. There was a TV show. Uh, I guess it was on at some point when I was a baby or something. And I said, I think I remember watching that show. And then I said, I think I remember going to a Grease concert and not enjoying it. Uh, but that I could see Bowser up on stage. Uh, and what, okay. Oh, you're right, Bill. Better explain Shanana in the 1950s. Okay. Maybe should we, should we dig into some, should we, should we go factual and then personal, Bill? Okay, so I'm going to bring you some facts now about the 1950s, the 50s revival and the 70s, based on some articles. So we're going to introduce some facts into here. But the premise right now is that I'm here with Bill, who kind of gives me some confidence in some things. And I mean, Bill and I have been working together on this research because I said, what is it with my relationship with Shanana that... Uh, they say, oh boy, I needed a little distance here. Like, I, I don't want to think about that. Like, it's like a, a strange, non-intrusive thing that feels intrusive. And they say, what about this 50s music? Leave me alone. And even Greece, they say, okay, can you keep that Greece at a distance? Keep that Greece at a distance from me. Please keep that Greece off of me. Uh, no Greece lightning for me. I'm not going to go, go, you know, Greece is not the word I've heard. And so I just thought it was interesting. And, and, and when Bill's here, like when I went back and investigated clouds, it was able to be this healing journey with Bill. So I figured we could try to heal or not even heal, like maybe just walk into the past uh, uh, from an adult position of uh, security since I have my imaginary friend Bill here. Okay, so we have these three articles here. There's three articles that are here about the 50s revival. And this first one will give us an overview. It's from MeTV, and it's uh, by the MeTV staff of February 2nd, uh, 2016, and Nine Reasons the 50s Were Better in the 70s. So this is kind of a positive nostalgia about the 70s version of the 50s. Uh, in the 70s, there was a wave of nostalgia like never before, and people wanted to revisit the 50s, uh, and some of it was about the nif nifty 50s. And uh, let's see, so we had uh, oldie stations, and this has a cover picture from the movie American Graffiti. And we did have this, uh, this uh, I think we had this uh, record at my house. Uh, 
And we kind of would play it. I guess I'd have to look up what's on there at some point. Uh, but then there was all, all these stations, which became very famous, I guess. Then there was American Graffiti, the movie. Uh, coming of age, uh, it was take, it's, set, it's set in 1962, and it was a George Lucas movie. One of my friends loves this movie, and that might be why I haven't seen it, is just to kind of frustrate him. And it was also a catalyst uh, for Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley, and it was very successful. And, uh, like, I still haven't seen it, which is probably, like, uh, you probably should see it, you know. Yeah, maybe, I, I don't know, I guess I could see if it's my daughter. It's PG, so maybe I could see it with my daughter. Uh, then there's a movie, ha- or the TV show, The Happy Days, which I do remember. Uh, and the, Ron Howard, who is the lead character, I think, in American Graffiti, is one of the main characters in Happy Days. Richie Cunningham, now beloved director. Uh, but when it came to 50s nostalgia in the 70s, uh, it came. this was a TV sitcom. And it followed the, mostly the Cunningham family and uh, Joni uh, and Richie and the parents. And then Fonzie was this cool dude that lived back behind their house, uh, play, played by Hen, Henry Winkler. And I don't really remember. Well, we don't want to get too deep into the happy days. Uh, but this really helped. Then Laverne and Shirley, which I would say... This I haven't seen, but I would bet it. this would age kind of well because of the brilliance. But I can't get too deep, which was a spinoff. You should just do, do like Laville, Lavazel, Schmazel, Tzipak Incorporated. We're going to do it. Uh, yeah, but it was uh, Happy Days was a, a spinoff, Laverne and Shirley. It wasn't so much 1950s, so maybe that's why I have a positive view of it. And uh, that was a career maker. Like, uh, so another show to check out. It just, just Google it and say, okay, Laverne and Shirley. Uh, then there was Greece, which uh, came out in 78. I guess that's what I was I guessing. I thought it was early 70s. And it was based on the 72 musical. It was a love story about two teenagers who grew up in opposite worlds. And the film was so popular that subsequent productions of the musical had to be altered uh, to include popular elements from the film. And this says it's the highest grossing movie musical of all time. Uh, then Elvis uh, was uh, a wave of nostalgia in the 70s, uh, who had a career re- revival after things not going great in the 60s. They say, of course, Elvis's resurgence was in part due to his enduring popularity and talent. Uh, but uh, if it wasn't for his 70s resurgence, he might have the same legacy he has today. Then this one I'm not familiar with, but it came up a few places. The Lords of Flatbush. It wasn't as popular as the other throwback films, but it was influential. It stars uh, then-unknown Sylvester Stallone and Henry Winkler. Uh, so. Uh, then Shanana, uh, which we'll talk about. We'll just skip over that. So that was the Me TV article, a little overview. It, then there's an article from the artifice.com. And uh, maybe, oh, maybe we should read this. Let's read that one third because uh, that's, uh, oh, I guess these are both kind of this way. So so this is good. So let's read the artifice one next then. Uh, the Nifty Fifties, uh, an American myth in the 70s. 
Now, let's see. Let me see if I can see an author here and the date of when this article came out, but I'll link to it. I'm not seeing anything on the mobile page, but it's from the artifice.com. During the seventies, like people were under like it wasn't a great time and people yearned for a more relaxed, carefree life. Uh, And uh, people said, well, let's uh, encourage that nostalgia uh, to, uh, of the fifties to alleviate this tension. And uh, so the the invocation of 50s in pop music and film uh, suggests, you know, that people said, well, I'm kind of over the 60s or I didn't enjoy the 60s. And it was uh, spread to college campuses and uh, people were like taking 50s quizzes, uh, motorcycle jackets, ducktail haircuts, poodle skirts. Uh, Elvis, uh, Elvis, who was at uh, the peak in the fifties, uh, uh, then Greece that uh, came out in the seventies, uh, happy days, uh, came out. Oh, this, this was the end of the seventies, 78, 78 and, uh, fifties nostalgia uh, kicked off in Woodstock. So we covered here right before Jimi Hendrix. And actually I watched some of the Woodstock movie or some film from this, uh, and this immediately changed my view of Sha Na Na right away. And I said, oh, goodness, this is going to be Bill and I are in for a journey. Uh, so I kind of read from this article and we'll come back to it. But uh, the sun came up on the final day and it was Jimi Hendrix waiting for the curtain call. Uh, the opening act was Sha Na Na, an acapella group that turned 50s revival, v- revival act. Uh, it, I guess we'll talk about the rest of it uh, uh, but they hit the stage, and uh, it was just just amazing. And then uh, Elvis Presley, as we kind of talked about. Uh, so this is kind of, uh, I guess this is, let's see, 70s. Uh, Tom Parker had sanitized Elvis' persona and made Elvis campy. Uh, you could say that uh, this is Colonel Tom Parker. Uh, had the American value of camp- capitalism. And he became Vegas Elvis in the 60s and 70s. Uh, let's see. Then Greece, uh, which came out. Uh, uh, let's see. Greece is, uh, deserves to be an American myth because it's a reminder of who we want of who we want to be where the rules, there aren't no rules. Uh, and uh, this opens, Love is a Many Splendor Thing, opens this movie musical with a marvelous, uh, soaring, inane sound. Olivia Newton-John as Sandy and John John Travolta as Danny have a summer romance. Uh, But then they run back into each other at Rydell High School, which is Danny's universe. Uh, Danny was the coolest greaser in town, and he was trying to avoid Sandy because he wanted to be tough as the leader of his group, the T-Birds. Sandy was determined to to win her love back uh, with her crew, the Pink Ladies. Uh, and she figured out a way to sweep back the leader of the Burger Palace Boys. Uh, this this article says Greece pulsates with the rhythms of the fifties. Uh, the music fits the characters. Uh, uh, Danny is love struck as uh, Sandy explodes on the scene uh, later on, and they sing "You're the one." Oh, that was song was from there too. "You're the one that I want." I guess I kind of knew that. Uh, so it had everything that teenagers wanted. Uh, 
Then there was Happy Days. These Happy Days are yours and mine. A jukebox was a symbol of the 50s, and Happy Days uh, played on that. Uh, well, it was a sitcom in the 70s. was all about the 50s nostalgia. It was on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m., and the show centers on the Amer- all-American Cunningham family. Uh, Howard, Marion, and their two children, Richie uh, and Joni. Uh, their boarder turned a greaser social good guy, Fonzie, better known as the Fonz. And Fonzie was there to kind of mentor Richie and kind of be an older brother type figure. Uh, he also tutored uh, Richie's friends, Patsy and Ralph. And later he had, yeah, so, so the, I mean, it was a popular show. Uh, the Cunningham family had the value of eating dinner together. Uh, Fonzie always appeared in leather jackets and with a motorcycle. He was an American individualist. And while people might have said he was a troublemaker, he wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't edgy like uh, James Dean or Marlon Brando. And Richie was always a good guy. Uh, Happy Day was, was born by two snowbound TV executives in Newark, Newark, New Jersey airport in 71. Uh, Michael Eisner and Tom Miller were looking for nostalgia, innocence, and morality by coming up with a family-oriented sitcom uh, as a distraction. Uh, then it talks about, so the nostalgia of the 50s is presented by Sean and I at Woodstock in 69. So it's an Artifice article, nice little article there. Then uh, this one's from uh, RebeatMag.com. And those weren't the days, the 50s revival, the 70s. This is by James Ryan, uh, February 24th, 2015. He starts with a quote by from Proust. Uh, Proust, Proust uh, remembrance of things past is not necessarily the remembrance of things as they were. Uh, you said it. And it says, by the end of the 70s, everyone liked it again. You know, people didn't like disco or punk or... Uh, you know, even the 60s, uh, so they had, you know, poodle skirts, uh, kind of the same thing we said, uh, which was um, created this nostalgia movement. It began as, almost as soon as the 70s because they started the old, oh, Dan Coffey started in Jerry Osborne, oh, Jerry Osborne, who was under the name Dan Coffey, uh, started K-O-O-L-F-M in Phoenix, and that was the all, first oldies channel. And then it emulate, was emulated by other markets, hitting New York in 72, WCBS. Uh, then in 72 was also the musical Grease on Broadway. Uh, and then all the, you know, the stuff appearing in films like American Graffiti. Oh, the album had 41 original hits from the soundtrack of American Graffiti. And so it reintroduced uh, such artists as uh, Bill Haley, Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, Went triple platinum, and uh, then they were still revisiting a decade when uh, uh, Gary Marshall offered a, a, a pilot to ABC, a new family in town, which they passed on. They did suggest it be reworked into a segment for the then uh, airing Love American Style under the title Love and Happy Days, and then... After American Graffiti took off, Marshall said, hey, let's work this into the show, Happy Days. And it was a moderate success. It was 16th place overall in the Nielsen's in 74. It was a one-camera on-set shoot. Uh, and when it, then it was became a three-camera show in front of a live studio audience. 
it was so successful then uh, Laverne and Shirley, uh, which averaged a third overall for the season in the Nielsen's in its first season. It also spawned a 70 sitcom, Mork and Mindy. Okay, 1974 saw the release of Stephen F. Barone as the Lords of Flatbush uh, with Winkler, Sylvester Stallone. And then in 77, the variety show, Shanana, named after the group we'll be talking about a little bit more, hit the thing. Uh, this is a high watermark, came in 78 with the release of Grease uh, and... Uh, uh, yeah, well, it says two major theatrical releases. Uh, the bigger one, the one that went straight for the spirit of the decade, was Greece. Uh, uh, so that was one. Then another one, American Hot Wax, a biop on uh, Alan Freed, uh, uh, centered around a show at the Brooklyn Paramount. It had uh, uh, Jay Leno, Fran Drescher, Lorraine Newman. And performing was like Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, Jaw Hawkins, Frankie Ford. In 79, the waves started to crest. Uh, Happy Days dropped to 17th. Laverne and Shirley couldn't break the top 30. Uh, a movie, uh, The Wanderers, uh, concerning some greasers, set in 63, including Ken Wall in his first role. Uh, unhappy with folk music, uh, uh, came out. Uh, the question left behind in this article asks, what it, what was it uh, made, that made Americans run towards the 50s at that time? Anything we could see. It was, uh, it was a time of change. And so, I, like, I don't know, maybe that's, like, why the 80s revival. I don't know, it doesn't seem like there's that as uh, intensive an 80s revival going on right now. It's just a more of an 80s appreciation because uh, a lot of us are like, oh, like uh, van the vanilla version of the 80s is not uh, what we want to live in, you know. It's like, okay, there, were, yeah, I like synth music. Here's some things I liked about the 80s. Synth music, uh, neon. Uh, but you say, well, we could use a little bit more kindness and openness that we have now. Okay, so Bill, what do you think so far? Interesting, huh? Okay, let's check out this article here. Is this leads us to the fifties? This makes sense because I would like uh, so I was born in the seventies uh, uh, and then grew up in the eighties, and uh, so this article is uh, from georgeleonard.com. Uh, George Leonard, a PhD, wrote this. Shanana uh, and the Woodstock Generation. It's by George Leonard, uh, class of sixty-seven, and Robert Leonard, class of seventy, at Columbia College today. Spring Summer Issue, 1989, page 28. And it starts with the editor's note, and this kind of covers the history of Shanana, that the Columbia Kingsmen, a student singing group, uh, they traded their jacket ties and rah-rah spirit for some more flash uh, and became Shanana. Uh, soon after their memorable Grease Under the Stars concert at Low Plaza, they shot to stardom. Uh, and they played at Woodstock, the Fillmore's East and West, and many venues in between. Uh, their success inspired the Broadway musical Grease, uh, uh, followed by the movie Grease, in which they appeared, and they eventually had their own television series. Uh, two, oh, this, so this is two of the founders. Holy mackerel, uh, I didn't know, sorry. Uh, they reminisce of the early days. So they, this is uh, their kind of memory of it. Interesting. 
Yeah, Columbia students of the 60s grew up knowing uh, that it was a major force in popular culture. Uh, they had Ginsburg and Kerouac uh, leading the beats, uh, the beat poets, uh, uh, Hart and Hammerstein. Uh, Hart and Hammerstein were uh, giants for the modern musical. Art Garfunkel, uh, you know, one of the heads of folk rock. Uh, so it made sense that they were represented in Columbia, or Columbia was represented at Woodstock, uh, and in the movie Woodstock, uh, and later held the record for the most encores. Uh, and the uh, Kinks had to wait on line, wait for them one time when they were opening or something. Uh, so Shanana started as the Columbia Kingsman, and even after Woodstock, uh, during its fame, during their famous uh, Fillmore headliner, uh, member when members would drop out, they recruited new ones from Columbia, like uh, Scott Simon and John Bowser Bauman, the group's second leader. Uh, this was written in 1999, the 20th anniversary of Woodstock, and we found ourselves wanting to write not so much a history of Shanana, but something that would recapture that spring. As, uh, you know, there's a big time of change in the world. Uh, spring 1969, uh, the glory that was Greece in Woolman Plaza, the first East Coast Greece Festival, and the Greece Under the Stars concert. Uh, before the Columbia Kingsmen went into rock and roll, there were no, no oldie stations and no theater rock. Uh, uh, groups still stood on the stage like the Beatles and sang their album. Uh, though uh, a lead singer like Jagger might dance around. Uh, theater rock, that comes. that's interesting. Okay, above all, there were no 50s. The 50s were still uh, accurately remembered for uh, being uh, the area that they were, 80s without the glamour. Uh, the beats dropped out. Uh, you know, so, so it wasn't, it's, this is cool that they have a different memory of it. Yeah, so 1969 was a turbulent year uh, uh, at Columbia and around the world. Uh, George Leonard's daily dining room handouts and twice-a-week-weekly spectator ads revised uh, the 50s into a pre-political Eden. And uh, the Kingsmen were uh, very excited when, uh, after the glory that was Greece and Woolman, uh, uh, this kind of talks about, you know, just your college days, uh, a mythical world before politics. Uh, so Sean and I grew up of a, out of a unique midnight bowl session atmosphere in the Columbia dorms. Uh, when George was a junior, he used to play a game that uh, Ed soon boosted into a national institution trivia. Uh, George, meanwhile, banded floor members into an underground film company. And uh, they, you know, they would film. They have uh, trivia contests, and the Kingsmen would sing, uh, like songs like "Little Darling." Uh, they wore blazers and stood in a semicircle. And this is an interesting article, but it's pretty. Like, I don't want to dig too deep. I didn't realize it was, uh, it was that intense. Uh, so let's let's get into who is Sean and I, and then we'll get into my personal journey. So, Bill, I think Bill, uh, Bill's. Uh, yeah, come on, Bill, put your head in my lamp. So I put Bill's head in my lap. Uh, so Sean and I, according to Wikipedia, is an American rock and roll group. I remember their theater rock, uh, which I did not realize at the time. 
And uh, the song, the name of the song is taken from a series of nonsense syllables in the doo-wop hit, Get a Job, uh, 57's hit by the Silhouettes. Uh, they billing themselves as from the streets of New York. And here's the thing. Okay, uh, before I go to the Wikipedia article, I guess I will go off topic. Uh, because uh, so here's a couple of things I remember. Bill, oh, yeah, Bill's sitting up now. So my memory of Shanana was one. So my parents actually went to Shanana concerts, and it was uh, very out of character for them. Or at least I had this idea that they did. And I said, okay, my parents don't go to any concerts that I know of. Uh, they went to Shanana. And at some point I formulated it as more of like a, just like people dressed like greasers from the movie Grease. Uh, standing on the stage. I, I guess I kind of viewed it in a serious, I don't know why. I mean, maybe because it was from my childhood memory of like kind of like a cover band I don't know. I really had this memory of it in some like serious and non-fun way, which doesn't make any sense because even if you were covering the music of the 50s, and maybe it is just my objection to vanillification. Like I said, well, I don't want to be into like a, I'm not into uh, a, a, a idealizing a time that never existed. Uh, so I just had this memory. I mean, mostly of Bowser going like he used to these at the TV show. I think he would sing a good night song. And he would do something with, like, his bicep in his hand. And he had the deep voice, and he was silly. And I remember laughing at that. And so I said, well, if they're in concert, I was just picturing, I said, what would that be? And I didn't really remember anything about the TV show other than that Bowser part. And so, I don't know, I guess I held some strange resentment or assumption about Sha-na-na. And then I loaded up this Woodstock video I mean, I read about it, I said, Gold LeMay, that doesn't sound like the Shanana that's in my memory. And then I saw when they, I saw their video from Shanana, and I mean, obviously there was probably a lot going on at Woodstock, you know, that people were feeling pretty good. And the members of Shanana did, like, they were dressed, uh, I don't know, it was something bordering fun and campy without, uh, and maybe some people felt like it wasn't like a, uh, just celebrating the 1950s. Yeah, but it wasn't making fun of it either. It was something, I guess, like, it was neither. And so, like, there was these dudes, like, there was dancers, like, dancing, like, their rears off in Gold LeMay. And then there was people, jam- you know, there was the music playing. And there was just much more joy there than I had uh, anticipated witnessing. And uh, so that immediately changed my perspective. And I said, Bill, like, look at this. Can you? And Bill said, I can't believe it. Uh, Look at that dancing. And then I also said, I still could, I guess I could see my parents at this. Uh, But yeah, so they would be danced according to Wikipedia and Golden May, leather jackets, pompadour, and ducktail hairdos. And they would do a song and dance repertoire of classic, classic 50s rock and roll. Oh, simultaneously reviving and parodying the music. And the uh, 1950s New York culture. Sean and I also hosted a syndicated uh, series, variety series, that ran from 77 uh, to 81. And the current touring group uh, uh, features original members Donnie York and Jocko Marcinello and uh, Scott Simon. 
Uh, everyone else from the original band and the TV show has since departed. So, yeah, they started at, uh, at Columbia as a Kingsman. Uh, then they started performing, and, they, you know, they got this uh, conceived by George Leonard, a graduate student in humanities. Uh, they started performing in 69, kind of at the height of the counterculture. And before, they went on stage before uh, Jimi Hendrix. And they had this 90-second appearance in the Woodstock film, which sparked uh, a lot of this, according to this article, uh, this nostalgia movement. And they, they, since then, they've like, pretty much uh, been touring for the past uh, however many, 30-plus years. And they also hosted the TV show, which so then I also watched the TV show, and then I, I didn't remember it. Uh, but once I started playing, I said, holy cow, like... Uh, I definitely remember she, it was like a skit show with music. Uh, so different than Saturday Night Live. At that time, there was Hee Haw, which was a comedy skit show, I think at the same time. And I guess at some point before that, I never saw a laugh in, uh, even when it was on Nick and Night. I guess I had the same feeling like with uh, Sean and I said, I'm not going to watch that show. But I think that was very similar. And I didn't really watch very much Hee Haw. But I think that was another syndicated variety comedy show. And they had a lot of great guests. And I did watch some clips on YouTube of that. And I said, uh, oh, wait a second. Like, uh, they would have a cabbie who would drive in the musical guests and crack jokes. And there was a lot of singing and dancing. Uh, and it seemed like a fun show. I said, oh, I guess I could see myself as a, like, uh, whatever, two or three-year-old watching this. Uh, like, uh. And they would have comedy songs. So I guess it makes sense that uh, as a kid, I liked, uh, then I found my way to a Dr. Demento. Let me just see what I can look up about the uh, thing. Because then I interviewed my parents. I mean, I didn't tape it because it's a sleep podcast. Uh, but according to Wikipedia, the syndicated series had 97 episodes. Uh, it was produced by Pierre Cassette, uh, distributed by Lex- Lexington Broadcast Services Company. The episodes were 22 minutes, and they played hits from the 50s and the 60s, along with comedy skits. Uh, it had a nostalgic theme, but with a contemporary twist, uh, and even popular acts from the 70s. Uh, John Bowser Bauman would close out each show by saying goodnight and grease for peace, and then they would sing goodnight, sweetheart, goodnight, uh, the closing theme song. This was what I watched before I went to bed. Uh, they would also announce as in character, the show has been previously recorded, uh, so it, it might not be around. So that's a little bit about it. But So then I asked my parents, they said, uh, okay, Mom, like, uh, what's with you? Like, uh, did you guys really go see Shauna and I in concert? Uh, like, uh, did you go to see Shauna and I? Tell me about Shauna and I. And she said, the first thing she said, I think we saw them like five times. And, and then I said, whoa, 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 wait a second. And she said, yeah, I think it was a tradition for when I was, when I was pregnant, I would go see Shanana. And they toured pretty regularly, I guess. So that was possible. My mom had six kids. So that was also possible. Uh, and, and two, two were twins. So that is possible. The numbers do line up. Uh, but so what is they saying? So I said, okay, like, uh, tell me more. And then she kind of said, well, I remember going when she goes, I think I was pregnant with you. 
was the first time we went to see, and it just seemed like something random or something fun. And so they went with my dad and some of my dad's friends, or their friends or whatever, or maybe his coworkers, and it was at this uh, War Memorial Theater in Syracuse, and I guess it was very cold, and my mom was very pregnant. And they get, they were sitting right up front, and they said it was a great time, and that everybody was, my mom was very, very pregnant with me. So maybe this was the time I said, this is just too much jostling and music, which they said that she they piled a bunch of jackets on her belly. Oh, maybe it was from the noise. I didn't get it. I said, oh, okay. And I didn't ask, I was like, is it because it's cold? But maybe it was because it was so loud at the concert. Uh, they piled jackets on my mom. That would make sense, like if they're sitting up front. And then my mom said, yeah, yeah, it was pretty fun. And we probably went every time, like, because they played a lot at the free concerts at the New York State Fair. So that would make sense. Uh, and she said, yeah, we liked it. And, yeah, we remember watching the show. And then I interviewed my dad about it. And he gave me a little more contextuality. Like, if somebody born in that era, in, in, in of those generations, was that. Uh, uh, so, like, my dad said, well, he grew up in the Bronx in New York City. And he said, one of the things, he goes, there wasn't a lot to do. And he goes, this was like when he was a kid, the era when transistor radios, portable transistor radios came out. And so it was this new thing. And he said, well, you know, if you saved, and my dad said, he, he was like, I always had a job. And he goes, so I would save my money and I had my own radio. And he goes, you know, we lived in these, uh, I guess you'd call them like a housing, uh, like, like my parents lived in Parkchester. It's a lot of like apartment buildings all around one another. And my dad did. So he said you would go out and, uh, you do, you know, he goes all around the neighborhood. You'd have groups of kids or like hanging out, listening to the radio and singing. And he said, that was like a pastime you did to have fun. And he said, you know, so him and his friends would like sit around. He goes, different groups of people would be doing it. And I said, this is like a Scorsese, like just the the, the the nice part of a Scorsese movie, you know, before any of the action. But he said you would sit around and uh, him and his friends would sit around, and listen to the radio and sing songs. And he said, you know, a lot of the songs of that era were these, uh, I forget the word, like harmonies, I guess, like where... Almost like a cappella, you could sing it, and there'd be all these different, like, uh, low, and I don't know a lot about it. I mean, I was like, holy cow, Dad, have you seen, uh, I forget the names of the movies about the, the a cappella movies. Uh, but uh, so, in uh, what, oh, I just almost had it in my brain, but uh, sing, not sing off, but, but so he said, yeah, that's what we like to do. And he goes, so it makes sense that, uh, it would be such a popular, he goes, that was like uh, one of the things we love doing is listening to these old songs, singing along. And he goes, that was a joyous time. You know, that was like a joyous, fun pastime we all had, especially, you know, in the summer, uh, you know, you'd be out of your apartment and you'd be out there and you had this freedom because you had the radio. And so he said, yeah, there was, a, he goes, then with this revival with the Sean and I stuff, he said, uh, it was just cool because it was like, oh, yeah, I remember singing. And he goes, you know, that was like just the music we liked because uh, all these voices were in harmony in these different ways. 
And then, yeah, his memory was similar to my mom's. He said, yeah, we got like, he goes, I don't know if it was because she was like pregnant to celebrate or he goes, but we went to this concert, which kind of seems out of character, but I guess this was before my parents had kids and especially me and I was a lot of trouble. So, you know, they were out celebrating and and he he also remembered them piling all the jackets on my mom's belly. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, so I think it's interesting, Bill, like uh, that we came back here. I think I learned a little bit more about my parents. Uh, and I also learned, like, oh, what I remember, like, uh, I mean, I don't think I'm going to, especially now that Shanana is something that's now nostalgic for Shanana. I don't know. But I, I could watch the TV show maybe a couple times, Bill. And now that I realize that it was more fun and less serious, I guess sometimes I get serious, uh, Bill. Yeah, and then I need you. I should. I should consult with you more often, uh, and just have you hold my hand and sit here with me, and say, "Yeah, it's okay to look." It's interesting to when you get curious to look back at things and say, uh, "Huh, isn't it interesting?" And uh, yeah, it's okay to go back there and say, "Well, I, I had mixed feelings about that." I wonder why. So, thanks for being here at my side, Bill, and thank you, listeners. Uh, A really interesting journey. I'm glad you came along with me. Uh, Good night.